Hi, and welcome to this TikTok. My name is Louise Lindberg, and today I will talk about hyper automation and what's the hype all about. Gartner predicts that by 2022, 90% of all organizations globally will have adopted RPA. RPA stands for Robotic Process Automation. And in other words, this means that RPA is nowadays no longer something that it's nice to have. It's something you need to have in order to stay competitive. And this goes for all industries, not only the IT businesses. The next thing after RPA is hyper automation. Hyper automation has been on Gartner's list of top 10 strategic trends, both 2020 and now 2021. Taking it one step further from RPA, hyper-automation allows organizations to automate a wide range of processes and also end-to-end -end processes. If you want to be on the frontier of technology, you should not miss this train. And besides adopting to a new trend, the COVID-19 pandemic has elevated the importance of digital experience for both customers and employees. We see that IT leaders must increase the urgency of modernization and transformation of products and services into experiences. And this could be done through applying different digital technologies such as hyper automation. What you will learn today is what hyper automation is. I will give you the definition and one example. And then I will go into why there's such a hype right now about hyper automation. Then I will give you some tips on where to start your hyper automation journey. Where should you start and what decisions do you have to make? Then I will talk about unboxing automation and AI and how you can become more transparent. But to start, what is hyper automation? Well, depending a bit on who you ask, you will probably get different answers. As the name suggests, hyper-automation goes beyond um, typical automation strategies. Hyper-automation is the end-to-end -end automation of processes through a combination of different technologies, such as process mining, robotic process automation, and artificial intelligence. It could be other technologies as well, but I've chosen to highlight this as the main pillars. Process mining is tools that have a technique helping you to look inside your businesses to find out what's broken. A process mining tool will point out to you which processes that take long and should be a candidate for automation. RPA is about training a software to execute a process uh, to make it like uh, behaving like a human. It's usually a standardized process and it will click in different applications. It can log into systems just like a human would do. 
but at a much higher accuracy and at a speed that is 20 to 30 times faster than a human could do. RPA in itself provides various businesses with benefits. For example, it has short payback periods and it's pretty quickly uh, implemented into your business. However, RPA also has its unique limitations, such as inability to automate via unstructured data. A process is rarely standardized, routine, repetitive and stable, which is a requirement for RPA. They may be instead long running and involve intelligent decision making and optimization in order to be automated. For these kind of processes, AI is more suitable. Artificial intelligence or AI consists of different algorithms like neural networks that have a cognitive capability. They are able to make decisions or to suggest what decisions should be made. And by combining these different technologies together and finding the right end-to-end -end process to apply it to, then you have taken your first step into hyper-automation. Hyper-automation could also be seen as a good way of getting automation into your business at a very rapid phase. From idea to production, you can move fast. If it's still not clear for you what hyper-automation is, that's fine. I will now give you one example on how we have implemented hyper-automation into our business and our customer processes. But to generalize, the big difference from other types of automation is that hyper-automation combines different technologies together to automate end-to-end -end processes. Let's take a look at OCR scanning or optical character recognition scanning. Before it did its job of scanning invoices, receipts, PDFs and other kinds of documents to extract the information. If you look on the left hand side, you have a flight ticket uh, or the receipt from a flight ticket. When you run OCR scanning on this ticket, you will get all information out seen on the right hand side. But that's also all that OCR scanning does. It's not handling the information in any way. It's not interpreting the information. So it's actually just an extraction tool. If we instead combine this with RPA and maybe also natural language processing, which is an AI technology, then we can start interpreting what the content of the document actually means. We can get suggestions on what decisions we should make, or the RPA itself can actually take the action automatically. Let me show you how we have combined RPA with OCR scanning in order to automate the process for our customers. By combining different tools and technologies, we have automated the full expense claim approval process in Visma. 
The process is initiated by the user sending in a claim with an attachment. It could either be an invoice or a receipt. And in addition, the person adds some manual information. The RPA then gets the user's input and the user's attached file from the expense system or the database. Then it's performing the OCR scanning. And when using OCR scanning, we take advantage of the AI technologies capabilities of handling unstructured data. You know, every invoice will look different. Uh, it depends on supplier to supplier. And with an AI model, that unstructured data is extracted and interpreted into structured format. A structured format is, is, for example, when the algorithm interprets what's on the receipt. So it interprets the amount, it interprets the tax and the date, for example. And through that, it has actually converted um, unstructured data into structured data. And after that, we can actually compare what have the user added as a manual input compared to what the content of the invoice or receipt in this case contains. And from that, the robot make a decision. Either it approves the claim or it sends the claim back, depending on whether the content is the same or not. So why is it time right now for hyper automation? Well, it all started a long time ago when industries wanted to become more digitized. Since then, we have seen RPA becoming, uh, bringing automation into businesses. AI, such as natural language processing, machine learning, neural networks, deep learning, etc., have also become more popular the last few years. We see that tech, the technological innovation is accelerating rapidly. As Gartner predicts, in 2022, 90% of all organizations globally will already have adopted RPA. It's no longer a nice to have, but something you need to have in order to stay competitive. The advancement in process automation and machine learning actually enables us to um, a wider range and wider variety of processes to be both identified, described, and also to be automated. In addition to that, we see that AI is accessible for everyone. It has more or less become commoditized, and this means that you can have as much AI as you want, either through a subscription or you could, of course, develop the AI yourself. We also see that there is an ongoing trend among RPA vendors that RPA tool vendors, they have begun investigating and also investing in AI. They know that it's the next step. By incorporating AI into these platforms, that is key for hyper automation. And all these factors together point to the start of the hyper automation era. 
So to stay competitive, to stay resilient, it's time to start your hyper automation journey. So what are the advantages and benefits of adopting hyper automation? And why is it even interesting? Well, from the previous slide, we saw that it's obviously um, good in, in a strategic, from a strategic perspective to, um, to adopt and to um, create that competitive advantage that hyper automation could bring. RPA will not do that job anymore, so you need to take the next step. And with the toolbox that hyper automation brings, you will be able to automate a wider range of processes, you know, the end to end process and not only steps here and some steps there like RPA can allow. So to also quickly adapt when disruption emerge and to have a resilient delivery, I see that AI engineering is a necessary thing in order to stay competitive and to stay resilient. With COVID-19 as a big disruption, companies had difficulties adjusting and adopting quickly enough to survive. And we saw that many companies actually didn't survive, unfortunately. And I believe that if they would have had hyper automation and more um, AI engineering, they would probably not end up there. As I've mentioned before, hyper automation also allows you to scale the automation quickly into your organization. For example, you don't need anyone to map the processes anymore. That can be done by a process mining tool. And just like any automation, it's time consuming and no, it's, it's a time saving and cost saving. And from a sustainability perspective, it reduces the amount of papers needed since everything will be handled digitally. A sustainable workplace is another perspective of sustainability. And research actually shows that bringing in AI and automation into the workplace actually creates a better work life for your employees. So how should you start the hyper automation journey? Well, in order to start and in order to scale automation, you need to think about what tactical and strategic goals you have. Find out what you want as the desired outcome of this automation from a long-term perspective. What do you actually want to achieve with the automation? Is it to increase the revenue? And if so, think about what your key drivers is for revenue. Do you maybe need to enhance the processes? Do you need to automate tasks? Do you need to increase the customer engagement? Or maybe you need to introduce new services to your customers in order to achieve that goal. If your goal instead is reducing cost, you could improve the efficiency through automating different tasks, but you could also redesign your processes 
to reduce the errors and thereby reduce the cost. Or perhaps you want to mitigate the risk. And then you should elaborate on your compliance risk due to inefficiencies. The risk of not being compliant to regulations could possibly be minimized through automation and optimization of your processes. When you have that long-term objective in place, then it's time to create your roadmap and plan. Then you need to investigate what processes that should actually be automated. And first of all, I would like to recommend you to, before you automate, think about how to optimize the process. Possibly it has to be executed in another way to avoid automating a bad process. And we all know the saying, shit in, shit out. This also goes, goes for automation. When having that objective and the roadmap and having optimized the processes, it's time to choose the right tools. What will help you reach that long-term goal? And also here, I suggest to start small, start with one tool, for example, by investing in an RPA tool. And then you can further extend to add more tools along the way, like a process mining tool and artificial intelligence. Maybe you want to have a low or no code software in order to spread automation to the whole organization. When you have the tool in place, I suggest you start small and then scale fast. And this has been our motto in my team, working with automation. Starting small will help you learn. You should start like, like a proof of concept. It should not be a complex process. It should be simple with a few steps just to show the organization what benefits that you can gain from automation. And you will also be able to show and understand the return on investment from automation instead of if you would have chosen a longer process, a more complex process, you might be stuck in organizing data and things like that. So start small. And the last recommendation here is that it's important to think about what kind of operation and maintenance strategy you want. After some time, when your robots, when you have several robots, they will become critical in order for your daily operations to actually work. Uptime is then an important measure to have in place and you should aim for 100% availability. There are different development and maintenance models to choose from. Um, it could either be that you want to develop the robots yourself internally or you could choose to buy them from a supplier or you could have consultants building the robots for you it all depends on of course your needs and the organizational um, the, the business case that you see in your organization and how you're going to use it think about the pros and cons with each model before you choose for example, hiring consultants that is usually related or co correlated to a high risk and also a high cost. 
And the risk comes from that you, after the implementation, will most likely be responsible for the maintenance of the robots. And that could be difficult if you haven't created it yourself. At the same time, by doing it yourself, you need to have that competence in-house or to be able to obtain the competence. And that's not always possible neither. In Visma, we have chosen to group our efforts into three different technology areas. It is hyper-automation, data science and optimization. And data science plays an important role in enabling artificial intelligence. Each specific um, technology has its team working with that technology. And I'm working with the robotic process automation. And in our team, we mostly develop the robots ourselves. But we also use RPA tools to help us out. And sometimes we're using a process mining tool to identify the right processes. And of course, we use different AI models and softwares out there. And by using different tools and having people that are responsible for different areas and different technologies, we at Visma are able to scale and to bring automation out to the whole organizations and to our customers. As you may understand, we have taken our first step in Visma to hyper-automation and this by combining different technologies to achieve hyper-automation. And of course, we have learned a lot along the way. And I would like to highlight three things that will facilitate the adoption of AI and automation among both your organization, but also among your customers. Therefore, I recommend you to, at an early stage, implement security into your robots. And this to avoid vulnerability of cyber attacks, for example. When you have scaled up and when you have a lot of robots in production, then it's more difficult to have or get that security in place. So start at an early stage. You know that the robots will most likely handle different sensitive data and they will log into different systems and applications, meaning that security is crucial. And in addition to security, it's important to be transparent. We don't want that AI to be a black box. We want to be transparent with what our AI is doing, what data is it handling, and so on. And by being transparent, your customers will also trust you in this. AI is actually expected to have a huge impact on our decisions and in our lives going forward. And therefore, it's important to strive towards a transparent AI in the early beginnings of the implementation. You could say that transparent AI is also explainable AI. It should be easy to understand what it actually does. And this will help you and your customers to adopt to AI. By being transparent in AI, your customers can then realize and see that 
it is actually aligned with their business and their core values in the organization. Lately, media has uh, made it clear for us that AI models can replicate and institutionalize bias, unfortunately. For example, AI tools that are used in recruitment have shown to have a bias against women. So how do we create transparency and how do we get rid of that bias? On the technical side, it's appropriate to do testing and it should be carried out from the developer that have developed the AI model. It's also important to document what the developer have done, what approach he or she has used to approach the problem, what data sets were used and why the developer chose to use a certain technology. This documentation has to be so well written that you should be able to replicate it if necessary. Next step is to examine the results and the outcome of the model in order to, to verify that it's not biased, that some groups are not underrepresented in the example. The problem here is that the datasets that we use to train the AI models are seldomly made for training AI. And the AI itself is not able to detect whether there is a bias or not. So you need to assist and you need to investigate and find those biases. And if there is a bias, of course, you also need to tweak your model if necessary. So to summarize, I would say that hyper automation is an end to end automation that combines different technologies in order to automate. And why is it so hyped right now? Well, there are different factors, but one is that AI has become a commodity. It's available for everyone. And therefore it's time to jump on this hyper automation journey in order to stay competitive. When you start, it's important to set the goals and to think about what your desired business outcome is. Is it to increase the revenue? Is it to save cost? Or is it maybe to mitigate risk? When you've set your goals, it's time to start the automation. And then remember to start small and scale fast. But before automating, try to optimize the process in order to not automate a bad process. Choose your tools wisely and there you can also start small and scale. And then you need to think about what development and maintenance strategy you want to use, what suits your organization and needs. And last but not least, don't forget to implement security at an early stage and think about being transparent. Try to unbox that AI and explain to your organization and your customer what the AI is actually doing.
Thank you. That's all from me today. Thank you for listening in.